Hey, y'all, this week's podcast brought to you exclusively by the Scent Blocker Swap Up promotion going on right now through the end of October. You can save up to $120 off of one of Scent Blocker's top suits from the Apex to the Matrix, uh, which is what we wore on our Elk Hunt, to the Dead Quiet, even the Blackout series, which is perfect for uh, all you guys out there who enjoy hog hunting at night. Uh, maybe you're into thermal imaging uh, or night vision the blackout series is perfect for that as well like we said you can save up to 120 dollars. how do you do that you just have to pledge to donate your old camo hunting suit to the charity or nonprofit of your choice there are a lot of great nonprofit hunting organizations out there that would love to have your old camo so check it out it's the scent blocker swap up promotion and you can save up to 120 dollars off of one of scent blocker's top hunting suits I'd like to sit in them sunflower fields And watch that sunrise up over the hills See them birds flying like an old thundercloud I'd like to sit in my old deer stand And wait for that big buck to show up my favorites there from our buddy Brandon Ryder kicking things off for us on Dallas Safari Club's Lone Star Outdoors show. That's just me is the name of that one. I'm your host Cable Smith. So great to be here talking, hunting, fishing, the great outdoors and all that implies today. Uh, thanks to our presenting sponsors as well. Lone Star Beer and Hoff Power Polaris. I uh, mean, we've got a great show lined up for you today as we are full swing into hunting season. And you know what I'm thankful for, though? Not only that hunting season is here, but this rain that we got this past week, y'all, we needed it bad. And of course, I mean, yes, yeah, some of that is selfish on my part. I want my, my duck holes to have plenty of water in them. Uh, but no, I mean, across the board, we went from epic floods to a, a, a flash drought uh, throughout much of the southern part of the United States, especially uh, here in Texas. So uh, thank the good Lord for this rain. We desperately needed it. That being said, let's jump right into it. Uh, Y'all know what to do by now. Pour yourself another cup of coffee out of that beat-up old thermos. Pull that stool up a little closer to the campfire here because we've got a ton to get into. And off the top, we'll be joined by our old friend, a passionate bird hunter and wing shooter who also happens to moonlight as a singer, songwriting, honky-tonkin' son of a gun, uh, Turnpike Troubadours frontman Evan Felker will be here. We'll we'll take a listen to uh, some brand new music, specifically one of the best songs that I've heard in years. I, I'm not kidding. When you take a listen to the Bird Hunters here in just a little bit, I guarantee you, you will be blown away. Uh, of course, uh, we'll mix in some uh, some duck hunting, some wing shooting. I think uh, Evan might even have gone on a recent alligator hunt. Uh, so we'll get into all that good stuff, plus give away a couple copies of the brand new self-titled Turnpike Troubadours record. Uh, so that's coming up here in just a little bit. Uh, after that, we will change things up and run some jug lines with uh, Louisiana sportsman columnist Josh Chauvin. This guy's been doing it his entire life. Uh, he'll break it down for us, you know, as far as his typical jug line setup, uh, line, hooks, leader, what depth he deploys them what baits he uses, whether live or dead bait works better. Uh, all that, plus how he keeps thieves from stealing not only his catch, but also his gear. So it uh, should be some interesting catfish discussion coming up here in just a little bit. And then we'll wrap things up by talking some waterfowl with our Texas Parks and Wildlife 
uh, small game and waterfowl program leader Dave Morrison. Uh, how is the Central Flyway looking for the upcoming season? Uh, also, how does Dave think the El Nino winter that we're supposed to have is going to affect uh, the 2015-2016 season? Uh, we'll also take a look at our native model duck population down on the Texas coast. So uh, some interesting stuff coming up here with Dave in just a little bit. Uh, that's what's on the docket for today. I'm certainly excited about it, uh, but hey, there's no place I'd rather be and nothing that I would rather be doing than talking, hunting, and fishing with you fine folks. Uh, a couple other things to mention. Don't forget to go ahead and cast your early vote for Proposition 6. It is the Texas Right to Hunt, Fish, and Harvest Amendment. Uh, that early voting, like I said, going on now, and then it'll be on the November 3rd ballot as well. Uh, it's imperative that we get that passed. Um, also, our October Photo of the Month contest is going on right now. Sponsored by Costa Del Mar Sunglasses. This month's winner will get to customize their own pair of Costas any way they like. The whole deal, frame, lens, style, color, you name it. Uh, all you have to do to be eligible is send in your best hunting or fishing photo. Email it to Lone Star Outdoors Show at gmail.com or post it directly to our Facebook page wall. And then uh, a fan vote will determine the winner at the end of each month. Uh, and then our 12 monthly winners, don't forget, will square off at the end of the year for a chance to hunt trophy black buck or axis deer with me down at Coons Canyon Ranch in Rock Springs, Texas. Uh, so another great grand prize hunt package brought to you by Coons Canyon Ranch. Uh, let's take a quick break. We've got so much to get into today. Up next, we'll grab our 12-gauge and talk some bird hunting with Turnpike Troubadours, Evan Felker, only on Dallas Safari Club's Lone Star Outdoor Show. Indian scouts with squirrel guns, men with muzzle loaders, stood together heel and toe. To defend the Alamo, you may never see your loved ones. Travis told them that day. If you're in the market for a compact track loader, then check out the Bobcat Advantage, where Bobcat track loaders squared off against other brands in a variety of tests and challenges. Whether you're looking for performance advantages, uptime protection, or quality design, Bobcat compact track loaders are the best built machines in the industry. But don't take our word for it. Watch the videos at BobcatAdvantage.com or see Bobcat machines in person at Bobcat of Dallas-Lewisville, Bobcat of Fort Worth, and Bobcat of Longview. Visit BobcatofDallas.com or call 469-586-0000 today. The Central Flyway migration of ducks and geese is going to be epic. And if your trigger finger is getting that itch, then give Ed Hansen of Hansen Outdoors a call. Now booking trips in the Northeast Texas area. Hunt lakes like Cooper or Lake Fork for $150 a gun or hunt Ed's private honey holes for $200 a gun. You'll also enjoy amazing dog work with Retriever Champion Lead. Isn't that right, Lead? Visit HansenOutdoors.net to book your trip today or give Ed a call at 903-521-4595. And right now only book a four-man duck hunt and bring a fifth hunter for free. LSC Trailer Sales offers a full line of utility trailers, from small single axle trailers to heavy equipment trailers, ATV trailers, car haulers, landscape trailers, cargo trailers, truck beds, and more. They can special order a custom trailer to fit your needs and have the ability to customize standard models in-house. LSC Trailer Sales is here to assist you with any questions that you have about trailers. Call 940-566-1133 or visit lsctrailersales.com. That's lsctrailersales.com. Hey y'all, Chris Letzinger, online sales manager at Cinnamon Creek Ranch here, reminding you we're not your typical archery club. We're a one-of-a-kind archery facility with indoor and outdoor ranges, full pro shop, and six different 3D courses. Cinnamon Creek was designed by hunters for hunters. 
Located in Roanoke, Texas, we have over 200 3D targets to hone your archery skills. Call 817-439-8998 or visit us at cinnamoncreekranch.com to visit our new online store. That's cinnamoncreekranch.com. Hi, this is Governor Greg Abbott, and I want to thank you for listening to the Lone Star Outdoor Gable Smith, welcome and everybody back to Dallas Safari Club's Lone Star Outdoor Show. Brought to you by Lone Star Beer and Hoff Power Polaris. Brand new stuff there from the Turnpike Troubadours. Bringing us back as we are rocking and rolling. And by the way, if you haven't heard Turnpike's new self-titled record, uh, do yourself a favor and uh, give it a listen. You will not be disappointed. Uh, Speaking of the Turnpike Troubadours, their lead singer... Uh, we'll be joining us momentarily, Evan Felker, a passionate bird hunter. So we'll uh, hear some tunes and, and talk some wing shooting here momentarily. But first, this segment of the show probably brought to you by Lone Star Beer, the national beer of Texas. Grab a 12-pack on your way to the deer lease this season. It's available once again in the camo can. And uh, remember to drink responsibly when you enjoy Lone Star Beer, the national beer of Texas. All right. Uh, Well, let's go ahead and bring on our first guest here. Uh, Like I said, the new record from the Turnpike Troubadours has taken uh, the country by storm, going all the way to number three on the Billboard chart, which is essentially unheard of for a self-produced and released country record. And so it's my pleasure to welcome Evan Felker back to the show. Glad to be here, man. You're actually joining us from uh, where? I know you're on the road, but I have no idea where where you are. You guys have been... Yeah, y'all been all over the West Coast, uh, and and I think you just told me you're going to be back on the road yeah, for another we're month. We're doing a tour of the Southeast right now. Uh-huh. Uh huh. We're we're going from going from uh, Baton Rouge to Baltimore, Maryland. We're going all over the place. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Right on, right on. Well, yeah, y'all are on a uh, major tour. You know, y'all been promoting the brand new self-titled record, which came out September 18th, and uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the the, the damn record went. I guess all the way up to number three. Is that where it peaked on the country chart? Yeah, yeah, that's a uh, Billboard chart. Uh huh. Yeah, and uh, it was uh, it was in the top twenty, uh, in uh, you know, everything, uh, the entire Billboard music. So wow, and it did great. Yeah. Did you ever imagine that you know mainstream Luke Bryan loving country music fans would embrace this record the way they have? Uh, I don't know, man. I I got a lot of faith in people. Uh-huh. They just you know had to be exposed to music to know that they like it and uh we live in a world where it's easy to to have access to different kinds of music people respond to music i mean they always have you know it's Uh not it's not a new thing right well yeah talk about making this record because i understand y'all went about this one a pretty rural way i mean spending a a month in an old chicken farm yeah we spent a month in an old chicken farm no joke (laughs) (laughs) uh it's a great studio though we were in uh, northern california uh, and just, you know, it's just a, a place to get out of, uh, you know, get out of your norm and get out of the day to day and just really focus on, on making music and, uh, performing it at your best and in, in the hot seat, you know, uh, and the weather's beautiful and it's just, it's a great place, man. You know, I, I, I can't wait to go back. Right. 
Well, do you think that there was a level of you know risk involved producing and releasing your your own record? I mean, this is y'all's fourth full studio album, uh, but to put it out yourself, do the whole thing. Did people tell well, you that was we, a good idea I mean, or not? I think it was a good idea. It it is. It's always scary when you you know you assume all the liability. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but we we've essentially done that with all of them. I mean. You know, with Thirty Tigers, uh, you know they 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 just really, you know, you sort of pay them to promote things. But we we own all of our records, so uh-huh. we produced the last record ourselves too, uh-huh. um, essentially. And uh, Ryan really produced this one. He's better. He spends a lot of time in the studio, and I, you know, I spend a lot of time bird hunting. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't want to sit around and you know sit in there all day every day. So. Uh-huh. Um, it it's it can be scary, but it it was very fulfilling. You know when you when you take on a, a chore like that and it works out for you. Uh huh. Well, so which song is the most requested uh, off the record? I think probably down here, just because uh, mainly because it's the single. Uh, but people like the Bird Hunters too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A lot. That's the one I get more. I get compliments on on that song more than the rest of them. Well, you know that's my favorite track off the record. Good, yeah. good. I mean, uh, I mean, talk about one that hits home for for an outdoorsman. And though it's one of the best songs I've I've heard in recent memory, the way that you depict, uh, you know, tie in that whole the love story, you know, kind of. Uh, yeah. You know the background. Yeah, there. He's, you know he's out, you know, out in the woods to kind of get his mind off uh, the real world a little bit, you know. And I yeah. think a lot of people uh, do that. Yeah. You know, whether it be riding, riding horses or riding motorcycles, everybody's got some kind of a thing that they do to sort of uh, clear their head. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm having a hard time making it through the first three songs because I've got a my my son's almost three years old. And I put the, yeah. Put the CD in and he calls it the shotgun song. And he goes, Daddy, I want, <laughs> I want to listen to shotgun song. Okay, shotgun song ends. Daddy, I want to listen to shotgun song. So we yeah. made it through the Mercury, you know, and and I've listened to it myself when I've been on the road. But uh, no, I mean, he 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 loves it. So that and that makes me happy, you know, that he wants to listen well, good. to song good. about hunting over and over again. Um, and I know from yeah, from pre- makes me happy. Yeah, well, and from previous visits, you know, you obviously you grew up bird bird hunting with bird dogs. So, yeah, my grandpa was a bird hunter. My first my first shotgun, he's I still have it. It's a uh, it's an old Belgian Browning. Uh huh. Which and uh, you talk about in the song, and, which is cool, yeah. Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I shot A5s forever, uh, yeah. the old humpbacks. But uh, I've I've graduated to over and unders now. You know, I uh-huh. I feel like it. Once you hit thirty, it's time to class it up a little bit. You know. Yeah, yeah. You become <laughs> a a sportsman. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, so uh, did y'all have um, English pointers? Yeah, my first bird dog was an English pointer, a lemon dog, and uh, my yeah. Me and my dad had had pointers. Uh, my great grandpa, my grandpa had pointers. That it w- wasn't the same lineage or anything like that. It kind of got broken mm-hmm. at some point in time. But uh, but now I've got a uh, I, I raise a uh, German wire hair pointers, the draw tars, and uh, they're 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 pretty great. Oh yeah, pretty great stuff, man. Uh huh. Yeah, my uh, my sister in law's got one, and and uh, he he does pretty good. Those dogs are they've got a lot of drive. I tell you. I don't know. If yeah, you some keep of them. Some of them the... do. They vary a little bit, but yeah, I I think they're they're a good all around dog. Uh huh. Now, do you? Well, and this is this will you know tell us a lot about your mentality on this. Do they stay in the house with you, or are they all kenneled outside? 
Um, I both. Um, <laughs> I, they slept in the house last night. You yeah. know, I, I like for them to be able to, you know, like when I'm gone, they're kindled up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'll let one in here and there, you know, yeah. and yeah. Uh, especially if we had a good hunt, you know. Uh, but they'll all stay in uh, their old house. Yeah. Everything, but they they uh they live in a kennel a lot too. Mm-hmm. Now, do you guys still find plenty of quail in uh you know your area of of Oklahoma? They're coming back. Um, I saw a covey yesterday. Uh, we're having we're having a little bit better luck with whatever weather cycle or something that it's uh there's something new that's that's happening that's kind of helping them out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've seen the we've seen the same thing in Texas over the last two years. I'd say they've really started to come back strong. Uh, but that's what they are. They're boom and bust, you know, though. Yeah. The drought really will, will hurt the bobwhite population in a hurry. Yeah. It seems like everything wants to hurt them. Yeah. <laughs> they don't have a very easy life. Yeah. Yeah. They don't have a very long lifespan, that's for sure. Well, hey, let's take a listen to uh, to the bird hunters here. What do you say? Sounds good. Shotgun singing A pointing dog down in the old logging road And Danny got three And looked back grinning I fumbled around and I tried to reload The country was cold with a sun westward sinking It's good to be back in this place With my hands A dozen Decembers behind him, no worse for the wear. And your time spent in tossing did not help your shooting. And look at the gray in your hair. How good does it feel? You belong in these hills. It's best that you let it all in. You married that girl. Oh 
deal with it in The old dog had pawned while part of me died Then a flutter of feathers Then a shotgun to shoulder I thought of the fourth of July Should be home on the fourth of July Bet we dance on the fourth of July from the Turnpike Troubadours. Love that one. Uh, the Bird Hunters, it's the first track off the new self-titled record. We've still got front man and passionate bird hunter Evan Felker here with us. Uh, Evan, we do need to take a quick break, but we'd love to have you stick around for another segment. Thanks a lot, man. Y'all don't go anywhere. Up next, we continue talking wing shooting, hunting dogs, and who knows what else, plus mix in some more new tunes with Evan Felker of the Turnpike Troubadours. Uh, plus, we'll give away a copy of the brand-new record as well. That's coming at you momentarily on Dallas Safari Club's Lone Star Outdoors show. Is it time I should be moving? Is it time I settle down? Are you looking for the perfect place to send your hunting buddy? Then check out Tioga Retrievers. With over 20 years experience, Angie and Tim Becker can provide you with a field champion or a well-rounded hunting companion. Tioga Retrievers takes pride in catering to the needs of each owner and their dog. Conveniently located 45 miles north of DFW in Aubrey, Texas, Tioga Retrievers also offers day training and boarding. Call 940-440-0018 or visit them online at www.tiogaretrievers.com. That's T-I-O-G-A retrievers.com. Cable Smith here for Horizon Firearms. Horizons is a precision rifle manufacturer in College Station, Texas. They'll build your hunting rifle to your unique specifications and guarantee it to shoot one half MOA. Horizon Firearms takes pride in shorter build times and carry an inventory of custom rifles for that last minute hunt. Made in Texas, Horizon Firearms understands the quality you deserve and a rifle you can pass down for generations to come. Check out horizonfirearms.com or call 979-777-8795 and mention Cable sent you to get $100 off your next custom rifle build. Hey, North Texas sports fans. This is Brian Spagnola, general manager of Texas Motor Cars in Addison. My family's been in the car business for over 50 years, and I want to show you the difference in buying from a family-owned and operated business. TexasMotorCars.com is an awesome website that lets you do virtually all of your shopping online. We have a professional photographer that takes amazing photos, and we give you all the information that you'll need up front. 
You can even find out how much we will give you for your trade-in before you ever come in. I take pride in the fact you can come in, choose a car, and be out in less than an hour. We have financing rates starting at 1.79% on pre-owned vehicles and can help almost anybody. Please do yourself a favor. If you're in the market for a pre-owned vehicle of any kind, give us a shot. Let me show you how easy buying a vehicle should be. Visit TexasMotorCars.com or come visit our 20,000-square-foot indoor showroom in Addison. Again, visit TexasMotorCars.com or call us at 1-888-9-TX-MOTORS. Do you have a hog problem at your ranch or deer lease? We have the solution. The System Hog Trap comes in two sizes, 17-foot and 30-foot diameter traps. After you trap the hogs, take the top section off the trap and use it for another feeder site to keep the hogs away from the feeder. The System is both a trap and a deer food plot fence. That way you don't waste your money on just a hog trap. Call 940-391-3669 or visit www.goinfencing.com. That's goinfencing.com. Hi, Brett Jepson here with Three Curl Lease Connection. I'd like to invite you to come enjoy some of Texas' best dove hunting just minutes outside of Dallas. We have many private dove leases available for this upcoming season, including milo, wheat, sunflower, and cornfields. Leases come in different sizes and prices, so we can fit anyone's budget. We have the lease that's perfect for you and your group. We don't overcrowd multiple groups into one property, and you'll have the first pick at renewing your lease for years to come. Please visit us at threecurl.com and click on leases for your property listings. That's T-H-R-E-E-C-U-R-L.com. Been running with a wilder cast, playing hard and living fast. And for a while you had a blast. You were feeling ten feet tall. You're gonna be alright. You'll be fine. You can have a nickel out of my last dime. The moon is bright, and you're alright down here. Down here's the name of that one. The latest single from the Turnpike Troubadours, bringing us back on Dallas Safari Clubs Lone Star Outdoors Show. Brought to you by Lone Star Beer and Hoff Power Polaris. I'm your host, Cable Smith. By the way, thrilled to be here talking all things outdoors with you today. And uh, by the way, Proposition 6 early voting is going on right now. It's coming up on the November 3rd ballot as well. And if you don't know what Proposition 6 is, uh, it's more commonly known as the Texas Right to Hunt, Fish, and Harvest Amendment. And Texas is trying to become the 19th state to pass uh, such legislation onto their uh, state constitution. Uh, so it's very important. Obviously, we need to protect our inherent right to take and harvest wild game, just as the good Lord intended for us to do so. And I encourage everybody to go vote for it right now, if you haven't already. And let's get that thing passed so that we can protect not only our right to hunt and fish, but uh, those of our kids and grandkids as well. Um, this segment of the show proudly brought to you by Pulsar, where they strive to provide outdoorsmen with the latest innovations in thermal imaging and digital night vision technology. Keep your prey in sight day or night by visiting PulsarNV.com. Uh, well, without further ado, let's jump back into it here with Evan Felker. Uh, as y'all heard before the break, Evan's <laughs> obviously a passionate a uh, wing shooter, as evidenced by the tune The Bird Hunters, which we took a listen to. He's also into raising his own uh, hunting dogs. Uh, and we'll get into some more of that here momentarily. But first, you know, Evan, uh, like we said, this record has taken the country by storm. And the current single down here uh, skyrocketed to number one on the Texas music chart. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah, man. Cool, man. <laughs> 
So uh, obviously uh, that one's done very well for you guys as well. Like you said, probably the most requested song off the record right now. Let's go back to uh, just a little more uh, a little more hunting talk here. Uh, I know that you also like duck hunting, and uh, yeah, yeah, so, that's something I took up when uh, when the quail population sort of declined. I I wanted to. Uh, that's why I got into the dogs that I have. It's just uh, because they'll do everything, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, so I um, I I took up duck hunting. Essentially, I I was nearly thirty and realized that my uh, 21 year old self would kick me in the ass if I didn't have a bird dog <laughs> and uh and so I got into these dogs and, and yeah I, I sort of took it up just as uh uh something to sort of replace uh just another reason to get in the woods you know yeah well yeah when the quail go away you got to do something so yeah yeah um so what is uh and I don't know if you have any bird any, any mounts on the wall any ducks that you've had done um yeah but uh so what's, I got a yeah tell I got me about a canvas it. back oh, and a nice uh yeah, it's 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 not a very pretty one. It's it's pretty pretty sorry looking, but uh, and then I've got a oh, I've got a pair of widgeons and a and a wood duck. Uh-huh. I try to get one done every year just because they're pretty. I think. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, the, the ladies don't always seem to think so, but uh, but I like them around. Oh man, yeah, mine are all uh, they've all been resigned to their fate of staying in the studio with me, so. Yeah, it's getting nice and cozy in here. I'll tell you what. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, so what is your? Uh, and I'm gonna put you on the spot, but you gotta just say, you know, if uh, you had your pick of, you know, ten birds dumping into the decoys, what do you, what do you, what do you prefer to shoot? What's your favorite duck that really? Oh uh, man, I'm a sucker for for an old gadwall, but I like mallards too. You know, mm-hmm. I, I like all of them other than divers. <laughs> Anything yeah. I can eat, you know. <laughs> right, right. What's your favorite way to cook a, a duck? Oh, my old buddy Thomas Trapp plays guitar on the record. He plays on Granddad's Farm. He's a flat picker. Played on De- Devil Knows You're Dead mm-hmm. as well. But he's a pal of mine. He taught me how to cook ducks years ago, uh, about four or five years ago when I lived in Tahlequah. And, uh, and he does kind of like a, a sweet and spicy thing and uh, makes kebabs out of them. And they, and they turn out really, really good. Hmm. So like yeah. an Asian-inspired deal? Uh, sort of. I mean, it's sort of like barbecue in, oh. in a way, too. Um, but it, it's sweet seems to go pretty good with them and kind of cook them cook them medium rare and it's just you got to take care of them me and my mom uh roast some for thanksgiving i'll get some mallards you know and and try to get them all matched up size wise and and pluck them mm-hmm. and uh we'll uh we'll cook some and i think they're great oh, personally yeah. i think they taste like a taste like a hen or something or cornish hen or something yeah we uh we do it right we got into a mess of blue wing teal down on the uh, the coast this year. I just did. I just did that same hunt. Buddy. You did? Yeah, uh, we we did. We, we had a. I love I love blue wings. That's the first ones I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. We don't get them here so much. Yeah. So what what part of the, what part of the coast were you on? We were. I was down with uh, my buddy. Uh, I got a pal down there named uh, Justin Jenkins. It's uh, Jenkins Rice. Uh, I got a big farm down there in near Anahuac, ah. Texas. <laughs> That's where we were. Yeah. Really? Yeah, we did a we did an alligator combo uh, hunt with yeah, the teal. Yeah, I did the same exact thing. Oh, you you got a gator too? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. That's great. Yeah, that was... we got like we caught a couple like we caught a eight couple eight footers. Oh, nice. It was like the end of their end of their gator season when I got there. Uh-huh. Uh, gator fest had just just happened and uh I went and stayed a week with him and goofed around and he's got actually got one of my wire-haired dogs down there right now. Just been hunting him a little bit. Anyway, yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. That was one of my favorite hunts. Like, I took some of that and fried it up for a recent cowboy game, and 
It was a hit, man. People liked it. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. But but back to the blue wing, man. That that area of the coast and I that was my first time hunting teal down there too. That was insane. I was like I put the gun down at one point and just took out a video camera, you know. Oh yeah. You I mean you can kill a limit, you know, but you know, it's just nice seeing a bunch of birds sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, watching watching the dogs work and visiting yeah. with your pals, you know, that's what I like about it. And plus it's not even cold. Yeah. You know, it's not you're not even fighting the cold yet. Yeah. And the the things are you know, you know how big ducks get late in the season, they get they get pretty spooky. Mm-hmm. You know, decoy shy and call shy and everything. And those teal are just they're just living it up. Yeah, yeah, they are. <laughs> hey, not a care in the world. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I love that, that area. I'm definitely gonna have to go back down there to the coast because that's like you said, um, here in the Central Flyway, that's where they all end up. So absolutely. Well, so uh, <clears throat> I'm gonna put you on the spot here because we've got. A seems couple... like you. It seems like you put me on the spot well, over and over. Yeah. Well, the last one was a fun question. This one you oh, actually okay. have to. Is this think one not of... fun? Well, oh, okay. You're going to have to come up with a trivia question for us because, well, you already answered that. I was going to ask you what uh, was the first shotgun that you ever owned. Uh, Yeah. But you already told us the answer to that one. So, well, you know what? Let's make sure people are paying attention. Let's just do that. Hey, that's not bad. Yeah. If they were listening, uh, y'all text in to uh, 214-289-7807. Text in uh, the first shotgun that that Evan ever owned is passed down to him uh, from his grandfather. And uh, we will send out a uh, – we'll do two copies. This is the uh, third and fourth people to text in. Um, we'll send you a copy of the brand-new self-titled record, uh, Turnpike Troubadours. And, um, hey, Evan, before I let you go here, what is your uh, your bucket list hunt? If you could just do one – I don't know. It might just be going quail hunting with your, your dogs back home in Oklahoma. But, uh, uh, you know – You want to get into like any big game or anything a... like that? Yeah, I mean – I've, I got a bunch of them. I'm gonna be honest with you. Uh, you know, I want to go. You know, me and my dad pack in and and uh, pack ourselves in and go uh, elk hunting up and around Pagosa Springs, Colorado, uh-huh. and uh, go go do archery there. And I'd like to kill a big bull with a bow and uh, pack it out. You know, yeah. Um, without you know, and we and we go without a guide. You know, and so and I I got a I got a cow last year. And, Awesome, uh, and that which was really exciting. Oh yeah, obviously. It's, I mean, that's a whole lot of animal, and and a you know bow and arrow. And you're, and then you know moving things around on horses and just doing all the just a whole. It's a it's a hell of a lot of work uh, to just get by every day, you know. But you know, I'd, I'd like to go catch a um, maybe go catch a sailfish or a, a marlin or something like that. Uh, that would be something that I'd be really interested in. Oh yeah, and. Uh, but I don't I don't big game hunt a, a, a whole lot. I I mostly like to to stay stick with things that I can use the uh, the dogs for. Right. You know? Right. Well, you you know you're speaking to my heart there because we just I just went on a it was my second elk hunt, but my first time to actually harvest a bull uh, back in oh, September. Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah, New Mexico. Uh huh. I got a five yeah, by five awesome. there with my bow, so that was pretty cool. And oh know. man, congratulations! That uh, and you know. The, we did the whole unguided be... thing like you're talking about, you know, packed oh, it on yeah. horses and, you know, the whole the whole deal. So that was pretty awesome. Killer. Yeah. Killer, man. Yeah. Now, that's, congratulations. You, that's awesome. You got to take that bow and arrow and you might waste a couple arrows, but those blue grouse up there, man, those that's good eating too. Man, you can get a small game license in Colorado and uh, you just I just take, took my 22 pistol. Uh-huh. Of course, when you get in with, and dad killed one with his bow. Uh, they got dusky grouse. Oh yeah, I think blue grouse is the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, 
And uh, Dad killed one with his bow. I had to never kill one with my bow, but I, I've killed a bunch of them with my pistol. I just have a little single six Ruger pistol. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, we can, our animals aren't jumpy, so you can just shoot off a, shoot off your pony. And uh, I killed I killed several of them. And, man, you talk about good eating. Oh, it's white meat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're great, man. They're like a big old quail. Yeah. Oh, one of my favorites. Been yeah. working the dogs on uh, chuckers lately, and, and those those guys eat good. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, which we raise quail and everything too, so just to work young dogs on and and to eat. I just butchered a bunch of them yesterday for my aunt, great aunt. Wow. Blue, and, uh, yeah. Y'all are you're fully invested in, in the freezer. You're you're all in there. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's me and you know you. Did, I, I I'm lucky. I live in Okima, where this is where I was born, and I have a bunch of family here, and so we get a bunch of bunch of pro, uh, projects together, and I get to kind of have the things that I want. Uh, and also travel. Yeah. And I don't want a lot. I mean, I just want to be able to, you know, have have game birds enough to to work dogs and have dogs, really. Right on. That's not too too much to ask. <laughs> That's that is the truth, my friend. <laughs> well, hey, uh, everybody, check it out. It's the new record, Turnpike Troubadours. You can find it. Well, you can find it on iTunes. You can find it anywhere you can find music. Just Google the band's name. You can probably find every kind of social media and and website as well. Perfect, perfect. Well, hey, uh, we certainly are enjoying it uh, down here, the current single. And uh, like I said, any hunter out there, check out the song, The Bird Hunters. Uh, you will you will not be disappointed. Great stuff, man. All right, Cable. Thanks a lot, man. Take care, brother. You as well. All right. All right. There he goes. Uh, man, I tell you what, a kindred spirit. No doubt about it. Evan Felker, frontman for the Turnpike Troubadours. He's into a lot of the same stuff that uh, myself and I imagine uh, y'all are as well uh that segment of the show proudly brought to you by hercules hunting blinds they're texas made texas owned i've got one on my deer lease it is it's like a freaking taj mahal my friends it's got uh my favorite thing windows for both rifle and bow hunters uh, it's also got cup holders carpet you name it it's big enough for three people to sit in it comfortably check it out herculeshuntingblinds.com uh, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll change things up and run some jug lines with outdoor writer Josh Chauvin, a.k.a. the Apex Predator. You're listening to DSC's Lone Star Outdoor Show. My, oh, my, have a year, oh, my, with friends, good friends, friends for life. Yes, we're friends, good friends, friends for life. Hi, I'm Craig Boddington. I'd like to invite you to become a member of Dallas Safari Club, one of the world's leading hunting and conservation organizations. As a member, you'll receive Game Trails magazine, a monthly newsletter, and invitations to our monthly meetings and special activities. Join Dallas Safari Club, an international organization based in Dallas, supporting hunting and conservation worldwide. For more information, call 800-9-GO-HUNT or visit our website at www.biggame.org. BioBore EB is the premier gasoline additive that combats the negative effects ethanol has on an engine. Its comprehensive formula is designed to protect marine engines and marine environments, yet also works great in all two- and four-stroke engines. It prevents phase separation and ethanol-related engine problems while stabilizing fuel for 18 months. BioBore's detergents also clean the entire fuel system of carbon and varnishes. BioBore EB has the best treat rate in the industry. One ounce treats an amazing 15 gallons of gas. Available at your local sporting goods store or visit BioBore.com today. 
Howdy folks, I'm Lee Hoffpair for Hoffpair's Outdoor Superstore in Gulfway, Texas. I hope you're enjoying the Lone Star Outdoor Show. We've been a title sponsor for a number of years now, and we're proud to be a part of it. I'd also like to thank you for making Hoffpair's once again the number one Polaris dealer in Texas. Please keep buying your Polaris products from us. Send us your friends, your neighbors, all your hunting buddies, and I promise we'll keep giving the best deals on a brand new Polaris in all of Texas. Whether you're looking for a Polaris for work or play, whether you need a regular Ranger or maybe a Ranger Crew, an RZR, they've got an all-new Ace that you need to come test drive. We've also got four-wheelers from a youth model all the way up to the all-new Sportsman 1000. For your Polaris headquarters, Hoff Powers Outdoor Superstore in Gulfway, Texas is who you need to see all or get on the web and contact today. You can check us out at hpolaris.com. That's H's in Hoff Power, polaris.com. Or you can come see us at Highway 84 West in Gulfway, Texas. And folks, Hoff Powers has been in Central Texas for over 50 years now, and we couldn't have stuck around this long if we were steering you wrong. Hey, this is Troy Landry from Swamp People, and thanks for listening to the Long Star Outdoors Show. Well, you get down the fiddle and you get down the bow, kick off your shoes and you throw them on the floor, dance in the kitchen till the morning light, Louisiana Saturday night. Hey, there's a classic from the late, great Mel McDaniel bringing us back here on Dallas Safari Club's Lone Star Outdoors Show, brought to you by Lone Star Beer and Hoff Power Polaris. I'm Cable Smith. And we are actually about to head into the Louisiana backwoods and talk some jug line fishing here with outdoor writer Josh Chauvin. But first, this segment of the show proudly brought to you by Dallas Safari Club, the worldwide leader in big game conservation. We'd love to have you get involved with our organization of like-minded folks who are passionate about conservation, education, and hunter advocacy. Check us out at biggame.org. All right. Uh, Based off some recent listener feedback we had a request to talk some jug lining uh, so that's what we're going to do today and since i am far from an authority on the subject i did a little research and found someone who is and so it is my pleasure to welcome outdoor columnist aka the apex predator josh chauvin to the show thanks it's great to be here it's our pleasure our pleasure uh, so first of all how has your fall hunting season been so far not not so good in Louisiana, very good in Colorado, but then, now I think about it, mixed in Colorado because I've been trying to forget the fact that I missed at a giant bear twice. Oh. But I did get a, a big cow elk uh, my second year in Colorado, public land by myself, and last year I, I was able to get a nice six-by-four bull, and then this year I got me a nice cow, and then the bear hunting didn't go so well, but I had many close encounters, so it was great. And then back in Louisiana, I've been trying to stick it with the recurve, and... <laughs> It kind of backfired when I had a giant buck at 29 yards, which is very rare on public land to get big bucks like this real close. And my fletching caught the shelf, and so went the buck. (laughs) (laughs) But I had a lot of close opportunities that would have been easy kills with uh, the compound bow, which I usually hunt with. And now I'm learning how tough the recurve hunting is. Last year I got lucky with a few uh, harvests, but this year it's uh, off to a rough start but it's but it's fun and uh, embrace the challenge yeah no doubt no doubt i haven't picked up the recurve yet but uh like you oh, I yeah. did i did uh stick an elk in uh new mexico oh no way yeah public oh wow this year so oh congrats oh how did you get a uh a license <laughs> uh, yeah i had to had to go in through the uh the lottery you know put it yeah so you got lucky then <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's like a rhetorical question because yeah. i heard those things are hard to get <laughs> that is the truth that is the truth but uh, oh congrats man that is some fine eating right there oh yeah 
you know, I don't even know you, but I'm, I already know I like you if you're chasing elk in the mountains. So. Well, thanks. Oh, yes, it was rough. I, I took the tent for the first time this year, just living in the tent by myself way up uh, in the mountains, and it was quite the experience. So I plan on going back every year in Idaho as well in the spring. Oh, very cool. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself as a as a writer, how long you've been doing it, and uh, so yeah. on and so forth. I've always hunted and fished everything pretty much down the bayou, and, and my dad told me a little bit, but he sort of quit hunting and fishing a lot when I was getting into my teens. So I've been doing trial, trial and error, learning the hard way, and pretty much learning what not to do my whole life. Right. And then I started posting on Louisiana Sportsman on the forum because I love posting and, and I love helping people. And most people just post what they kill or harvest and, and don't give them any details. Well, I love to help people because that's what I do in life. I'm a personal trainer. So helping people is my number one goal. So I used to love and I also love re- rehashing the story because – I love reading about stories myself, and so few people would just give a quick paragraph description, and I wish there was more. So when I started finally learning how to shoot deer, which took many, many years <laughs> on my own, um, I really wanted to embrace the story and, and show the tactics, maybe not give away the exact secret location, of course, but, but show others what I did, what the, the trials and tribulations that I had to go through. And then the, the editors for Sportsman so that I was putting the work in and they said, well, write this column. So I started doing that and I loved it. So I've been doing it for four years. We started with a whole bunch of columnists right when I started. And I think everybody else just fizzled out uh, just because, you know, this isn't, uh, well, this is a second career ambition of mine, but you know, yeah. it only pays uh, a few dollars at a time. So, but I do it because I love it and I've just been sticking with it. And the responses I get from people, you know, when I get emails from people wanting to ask questions or, you know, thanking me for, for trying something that, that I talked about in an article and they did it and was successful. That's what it's all about for me. And that's why I love doing it and helping people, you know? Cool. Well, yeah. And some of your uh, favorite pastimes mm-hmm. include running lines and traps for all manner of critters from jug lines for catfish and pots. Oh yeah. Traps for turtles, crawfish, crabs. Um, yes. and although all the, all that fascinates me, especially turtling, uh, mm-hmm. and that's not what I want to really discuss today, but I, I do have to ask okay. you, what yeah. species of turtle you target, and if one species tastes better than another? I find they all taste good when it comes to the meat species, uh, because I know I'm pretty much out of the box and <laughs> eat some crazy things, and I only you know harvest what I eat. But and some people may do the green turtles or whatnot, but I find they don't have that much meat, even though I did try them before, and they're fine. It's just really tough to clean <laughs> to, to get a small amount of meat. But I usually uh, target soft shells, common snapping turtles and alligator snappers. Uh-huh. Okay. Right. And they all taste pretty much the same to me. Uh, soft shells are probably the easiest to clean, and but there's different tactics to catch a soft shell and a snapping turtle. And down south of Louisiana, we have the alligator snappers, which usually are released because they don't know how many they have, but every once in a while when I get real hungry, uh, <laughs> I like to have a nice shell on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. We've, we've got those up here, too. Uh, oh, great. Yeah. Um, a very neat thing I found about the alligator snappers, which I didn't know beforehand, is especially if you use a non-stainless hook, it'll, you know, it'll disintegrate apparently in, in the gut, but they will pass stainless hooks through their system. So if you do hook it and you're worried if, you know, you would like to release the animal, but you think it might, you know, die, so you keep it anyway, that's not the case because I talked to somebody who rescues them and he caught them all on hooks and he said all of them except for one that appeared to be sick beforehand that died in captivity after being hooked and that they pass the hooks through them within a week or two after. So that's really neat to know that you could go catch them just, you know, just to harvest, just to see how big of a critter you could catch out the deep swamp back there. 
and it will live to uh, fight and grow another day. And mm-hmm. is turtle soup the best way to go? Well, down south we do turtle sauce piquant, which is a Cajun dish. But uh, so basically, I rather it with a little bit more tomatoy taste. You know, okay. a sauce piquant is pretty much like a spaghetti. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. What I really want to uh, get into now is is catfish and jug lines. And oh yes. Uh, first of all, walk us through your typical jug line setup from the float that you use to the line, the leader, the hooks, the, the whole setup. Well, I have many different setups depending on the type of water I'm um, covering, because, but I'm after big fish. I love the, just like hunting, hunting for a trophy fish. Because mm-hmm. to me, it's very easy to get tons of catfish and put meat on the table. So I get bored after one or two runs just to get the meat. But usually what I'll do is I'll use those floating pool noodles from Walmart or Lowe's or whatnot, because right. it's real cheap, real effective. The best way I found, uh, especially when checking them so you could see if it's up and down, is to glue a cheap PVC pipe into the noodle with just a little quick pasting of, you know, cement style glue. And then I'll take a thick nylon cord and just tie a knot. You could tie it to the float itself. It usually won't uh, pull through, especially with the, the PVC pipe in it. But after a couple of years, you know, the, the noodle may, may start to, you know, wear down a little bit. But if you drill a quick little hole through the PVC pipe, you could tie a, a really, you know, just quick little easy knot on one end, and then when a fish is down, that float will be sticking straight up and down, so you know you have a fish. And then certain spots that have current, I'll use a a weight line um, on the opposite side of the PVC pipe, so I'll have a an, another nylon string with a, you know, usually two to four ounce weight, depending on the size of the current, just to weight it down, uh-huh. and then I'll have my bait dangling from another string on the other side. If you want to go the extra effort, you can attach a big barrel swivel, just a big swivel, uh, to the, the hook line because those catfish will spin around. Though I usually don't have too much issues, you know, sometimes they'll get a little tangled or whatnot, and of course you'll lose a few fish. But, but attaching a barrel swivel, heavy-duty barrel swivel, definitely does help if you want to take the time to add that extra step in. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the good thing about the pool noodles is you just roll them up, hook your hook into the noodle, and you could throw so many jugs, or, or what most people would call a jug line, but it's really a noodle line, into a, in, into a, you know, a 55-gallon drum, and you could have all of that on your boat nice and neat in a, in a tall container and have many, many hooks and lines to run, and you could do the same thing with turtle lines or whatnot. Very cool. Okay, and so what pound test are you using in, uh, in those you know, situations where you're going after Man. big fish? Yeah. Uh, can't quite recall exactly because, you know, it's been so long since I made them because they last, you know, a long time. But I know it was definitely around 300, 350-ish, I would believe. It was pretty much the biggest that I could find at, at Walmart because usually that's just the easiest place for me to get a quick stop and shop. Yeah. Uh, so, but, I, but I do like big, thick, heavy string. Uh, when you got the right bait, I don't think those catfish get too uh, detoured by a heavier line. One thing you don't want to use is just the thinnest line there is, and then it'll wear out, and you'll lose the big fish. I like to plan for the big fish. Most people, you know, set up lines, whether it's fishing or whatnot, where they just catch the majority of stuff. And I, I don't want to catch a whole bunch, but then lose the big one. I'd rather catch less and find that big giant one. Right. So, so that's why I try to make everything heavy duty, heavy duty with the hooks. Oh yeah. And I forgot to mention the hooks. I like big circle hooks, but big, strong circle hooks, usually around seven odd or whatnot. Uh, value pack where you could find like 50 to 100 in a pack instead of buying small packs right so of course you could go with a bigger hook but then they, they might start feeling it so i like something you know a couple inches in size that's not too big where you will catch normal nice eating size catfish from a pound 
up, but that big one definitely won't get away. Right, right. Okay, cool. And so, uh, what, uh, what, what depth are you typically, you know, running these? I know that's depending on, you know, where you're yeah, fishing, uh, but just, you know. Well, generally. at night they usually come up uh, to the towards the surface. So in general, usually between two to to four feet for the catfish. A lot of times I'm also targeting Shupik, which is a Cajun name for bowfin, and. I like to set those lines deeper because you really want that type of fish, which has a bony mouth, to run with it a little bit. Otherwise, you can't catch them on shallow hooks. So sometimes I have a lot of lines at, you know, five to, to eight feet long, even though I'm only setting them in three to four feet of water, just so uh, that fish could run with it. With a catfish, I usually, you know, you could set it short and they'll get hooked much easier. And what, uh, what time of the year, like what's your favorite month to uh, run jug lines? Anytime it's not hunting season. <laughs> right. Yeah, so uh, I like, I, look, I love just running lines in general. I wish I had more time to do everything because I, I do so many different things with hunting and fishing. It's like there's always a different type of adventure to go on. But jugs are fun. They, they don't take that much time, and you never know what's on the, on the line the next day, and that's what makes it so, so exciting. And so, and you're mostly going after big blue cats? Big blue cats, um, I really want to get into some flatheads. I only caught a handful because the flatheads, you really need live bait. And I just bought a hunting camp where I have some setups where I really want to target flatheads. I just hadn't had the time yet. Uh, Down south in Louisiana, it's mostly blue cats and channel cats. But, you know, it's all about the bait. And if you have that live bait, you will catch those flatheads with the dead bait, you know, very rarely. Yeah. And so what bait, what dead bait are you using for the uh, blue cats and channels? Well, I use a, a secret marinade. What I do is I, I love fresh cut fish, whether it's mullet, any, anything, or a lot of times when I go catch bass and sockele, which I'll call crappy, what I'll take is the rib meat, and most people just cut the rib meat. Well, I'll leave the skin on the rib meat. So instead of just chopping the rib meat to a side angle before you take your filet off the, off the skin, I'll cut through the skin with the knife along the rib meat. So that way I get that perfect spot because you need a piece of skin, otherwise you know, they'll nibble off oh, the yeah. bait. So, and, and then to toughen up my bait, so in fresh bait's always good. But I love to, to use a brine with menhaden oil that I buy, like by the gallon. Now, this stuff really smells, so <laughs> be, very, be very cautious, okay? The wife won't be too happy with you. But you, you'll catch a lot of fish. So I'll put menhaden oil and salt with the bait. Or you could just put salt into fresh bait. What the salt does, it gives it salty flavor, which just like most artificial companies put salt in their lures because fish just like the taste of salt. But it also hardens up that bait really good. So if you do want to use like bait shrimp or something, you could put salt in it and it'll stiffen up that bait. Uh-huh. Stay on the hook better and give it that salty flavor and preserve it longer. Right. I like fresher bait. I don't like a rotten bait. Right. Okay, cool. Unless you're going after a big gator. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, w- I did my first gator hunt this past year, and it was... Oh, uh, awesome, man. Yeah. You, caught, you got a big one? Uh, it was 9-7. So, yeah. That is one. big. That is big, yes. I only do public land, and I, me and my wife have been signing up for the alligator lottery the last three years. No luck yet. Uh, you get three tags if you do get picked. I'm really hoping. I even bought a big old 454 Casul handgun just to go get the gators. <laughs> but I've got to get picked one of these years, though I am doing it a little bit different than everybody's seen on TV because I do everything the hard way as a distance runner and as a personal trainer. So I plan on going in the water with no boat 
And then comes the task of dragging out that gator a mile to my truck. I still haven't figured out how I'm going to do that yet, but I hope next year's the year to get me a big gator. <laughs> well, we'll, uh, we'll have to stay tuned on that adventure. That's oh, yeah, really... definitely, man. Yeah, I, did, I shot mine with the 10 millimeter. So, uh, oh, great. Yeah, well, we went, I went with my friend who got picked on public land, and we thought we shot him. Well, we did shoot him, but we thought he was dead, and he was not dead. So, so I had to grab the gaff, and he was getting towards the middle of the canal, and we gaffed him, we threw him in the boat, and he was still alive and kicking. So we held him down, me and my other buddy, and my friend shot him through the boat, and we didn't care if the, if the, the bullet went through the boat, we needed to put that gator down before he got us. Yeah. So, but it was only an eight-footer, but it was a fun experience. Yeah, oh, man, crazy stuff. Well, mm-hmm. hey, uh, yeah. last thing I was going to ask you here, going back to the, yeah. uh, the jug lines, uh, I read okay. an article you wrote on your Apex uh, Predator uh, like, is it a blog that you update or I, I, I just call it column, column, but yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and you had some tips on there to keep thieves from stealing your catch or worse, your gear. Uh, what are some of the things that you do there? Yes. Uh, when you're setting uh, jugs or noodle lines, other people see them. So, I mean, you could write your name, of course, that really helps. But the trick is just to set them late in the afternoon and check them early in the morning because they always got low lives no matter where you go. It's very unfortunate, but that's what you have to deal with. Yeah. If you're setting trout lines or whatnot, I like to cut my pickets right under the under the water, and I, of course I know where they're at. But with jugs, it's it's much more difficult because you could see them, so anybody else could see them. So I set them really really far away where other people won't go. You could go, of course, during week uh, weekday mornings when they have less boat traffic, and you got to try to stay really really early, which. It's kind of unfortunate because that's when you want to fish if you are wanting to fish instead of running the jugs. It would much be more, you know, you'd much rather run the jugs in the middle of the day when the fish aren't biting, but not quite the case. So it's just one of the tough things to do, and I've lost many a fish and many a jugs uh, dealing with low lives. So that's just how it is. (laughs) And then uh, one other thing you wrote in there was if you are running lines, you'll, uh, you'll pick up. You, you'll, you'll pick up a rod and reel if someone's approaching and just act like you're fishing. Oh, yes, yes. I like to, you know, pretend like I'm fishing, especially if it's, it's not the lines that show. It's like I'm a trout line because I don't want them to know I have a trout line there. So I'll just pretend like I'm fishing. You want the least amount of people to know where you're fishing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right on. And where can people find your writings, bud? Well, it's on Louisiana Sportsman. If you, if you click the columns tab at the top of the page, just look for the apex part of the column. They could uh, add me on Facebook because I only put out one or two columns a month. We're humans. We are the apex predator. It's not just, just me. So that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to inspire people just to, to live it up, do everything the hard way and, and learn to, you know, be your inner apex predator and, and take your hunting and fishing to the next level. So that's what it's all about for me. I'll tell you this, man, uh, when you do it the hard way, uh, yes. sometimes we're, we're not as, as successful, but the payoff for our successful is, uh, it's, it's a million times more satisfying. Exactly. It's all about the satisfaction to me with personal satisfaction. And, and once I achieve something, I'm always trying to, instead of duplicating it, which is always easier the next time, and you don't get the same feeling from it, I'm always trying to find that next thing and learn. I just want to learn and grow. That's what it's about being as a human, you know, just learning how to be the best hunter and fisherman you could be, best outdoorsman. So that's what it's all about for me. Well, great stuff, man. Uh, we certainly appreciate it. Good luck with that recurve this fall. Oh, yeah. I hope so, too. I'll be at it tomorrow morning. <laughs> All right. Good luck. Okay. Thank you so much. All right. There he goes. The Apex Predator, Josh Chauvin. And well, we certainly appreciate his time today.
that segment of the broadcast, by the way, proudly brought to you by Lone Star Ag Credit, who since 1917 has assured its borrowers competitive interest rates on real estate loans, rural home loans, and farm and ranch loans. Check them out at LoneStarAgCredit.com and let them help you finance your piece of Texas today. Let's knock out a quick break. Up next, we're talking all things Central Flyway waterfowl, also what to expect for the upcoming Texas duck season. It's our TPWD small game and migratory and resident game bird program leader, Dave Morrison. You're listening to DSC's Lone Star Outdoors show. Well, I drank whiskey and I've smoked weed. Been hopelessly addicted to the pain surrounding me, and I've been lonesome. And I've been so. We got a lot of cowboy boots and belts to match, shirts and jeans. Yeah, we even got hats at the Texas Boot Company. Right now, through the end of October, use the promo code TRUCKLOAD at TexasBootCompany.com to save 15% on your next pair of Ariat boots. Classic comfort, legendary Cable Smith here for Deer View Windows. As a whitetail hunter, nothing is more frustrating than poor visibility in a deer blind. It can flat ruin a hunt. At Deer View Window Company, they manufacture windows solely for the use in deer stand and deer blinds. All of their windows and doors can be custom made to fit your specific openings. Or you can select from standard sizes from hinged windows to sliding windows and everything in between. Visit DeerViewWindows.com to determine which style window is best for your deer blind. Plus, you'll get a free quote. Deer View Windows, where visibility matters. Cable Smith here for the beautiful Eagle Shores in Lake Bob Sandlin. Only a few deep water dockable lakefront home sites remain. This is the fastest selling community ever on Lake Bob Sandlin. So come enjoy the no pressure atmosphere when you take a look at these amazing lakefront properties before they sell out. Call 877-9-Lakeside or visit www.eagleshoresTexas.com. Rockwall Gun Club is North Texas' premier shooting facility, offering both indoor and outdoor ranges, including a unique 500-yard rifle range. If shotgunning's your thing, then check out the 18-station clay course. Opening summer 2014, Rockwall Gun Club is offering special introductory family and corporate membership rates for founding members. Located at 15950 State Highway 205, you can also visit rockwallgunclub.com or call 972-215-6902. Rockwall Gun Club, the private shooting experience. Run the river, catch a small owl, shoot a mallard as he flies south. Run my dog till I get that trophy for Southern Outdoors. Cable Smith welcoming everybody back to Dallas Safari Clubs. Lone Star Outdoors show brought to you by Lone Star Beer and Hoff Power Polaris. We are about to talk some ducks here. The season is fast approaching. Gosh. Only a couple weeks out now, and uh, we'll be joined by Texas Parks and Wildlife's Dave Morrison momentarily. But first, a couple things here uh, I do need to mention. Number one, don't forget about the Scent Blocker swap-up promotion that's going on right now. You can save up to $120 off of Scent Blocker's top suits like the Apex, 
uh, the Matrix, the Dead Quiet, or the all-new Blackout line, which is perfect for Texas hog hunters. It's a solid black, as the name states. Uh, but you can uh, save big on all of those suits, and all they want you to do is agree to donate your old camo suit to a local charity or hunting organization. Nobody's going to check up on you to make sure you did it, uh, so it's just an honor policy. Uh, but all you have to do, donate that old camo suit to an uh, organization of your choice, and you could save up to 120 bucks off of one of uh, Scentblocker's premier hunting suits. So you can't beat that deal. You can find it at Scentblocker.com. Just uh, search Swap Up. And even better than that, we all know funds are tight during hunting season. So if you want to pay it off over six months with no interest, you can do that as well. Check it out, Scentblocker.com. All right. And the other thing I wanted to tell you about we'll actually do after our interview with our next guest. So let's go ahead and jump into that. Talk some waterfowl here. It's my pleasure to welcome back to the broadcast our old friend. He's our small game and migratory and resident game bird program leader for Texas Parks and Wildlife, Dave Morrison. Glad to have you back, man. Thanks, sir. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. So I know you've been on the road here a bunch lately. Uh, can you give us uh, an update as to where you've been and, and what you've been up to? Oh, I've just been along since the <laughs> last several months, to be perfectly frank. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, I was up in Denver at the uh, Central Flyway Council meeting where we started uh, discussing uh, the 2016-17 migratory bird regulations and just just got back uh, Wednesday, or I guess it was Wednesday, from the Service Regulations Committee meeting where we uh, presented proposals, uh, what we'd like to see for the 2016-17 season. Now, then, this is kind of strange because this is a whole new process with respect to how we set migratory bird regulations. Huh. Uh, we just got finished setting the 2015-16 at the commission meeting. Well, as a result of a federal process, so I'll just leave it at that, uh, we are now changing the timing of when we set seasons. So now what we're going to be doing every August, September, we will be putting together proposals for the next year. Huh. And in, in essence, we'll be using prior year's data to establish the regulations for waterfowl. Uh, we have, for the last several years, been using prior information for doves, so it's really not a change. But one of the benefits of this cable is simply that now when we go before the commission and when the commission formally adopts hunting seasons for Texas, they will be adopting both the resident and migratory in the same timeline. So that just means that people have more time to to plan their their time off because come March, April, that timeline, uh, all seasons, including migratory birds, will be finalized. Huh. Okay. Well, that's that seems great for that. You know, on that respect. But what about if we had a epic drought hit you know the dakotas and prairie pothole region and then we don't have the numbers and we've already have the season dates set and bag limits <laughs> in place uh, honestly we have working through various scientific groups and talking about all that through the flyways this has not been a short-term process this has been ongoing for about the last seven eight years and those very questions were asked there are certainly options that if something really drastic happens, there is the ability through this process to change things. Uh -huh. But by and large, when you look at all the information that was available, doing this really doesn't alter 
what the season would look like. And, and there's been a lot of modeling done on this, and it will not really change mm -hmm. what happens. Yes, we will be using prior year information, but the way this stuff runs through the, this this black box that we use these days to to, to manage harvest shouldn't be a problem. Okay, right we don't on. Anticipate a problem. Well, you know, we've got another near record number of ducks this fall uh, with all the rainfall from last spring. Do you foresee a banner year for Texas waterfowlers with lots of uh, great available habitat? Well, let me just put it this way. This is this year, you're right. This was the fourth year in a row that we were at record numbers <clears throat> for ducks. And the Prairie Pothole region has, again, done, done wonders, and there will be a lot of birds headed south. And if you think back to April, May, June, we got tremendous water put out there. Then all of a sudden, somebody turned off the spigot. Yeah. And we didn't see any rain up until recently. And fortunately, right now, we're seeing rain across the panhandle. We should be getting a lot of rain this week along the coastal areas. You know, so those Thank things God. are going to really help. Because, yeah. if, honestly, we were starting to look backwards. Because, yes, we got those good spring rains. But then everything just dried up. And so we're all starting to get a little bit nervous. Mm -hmm. Yes, we do believe that even if we hadn't got through these reinforcing rains that we just are getting, uh, we still think we've been a lot better off than we have been over the last several years. There's yeah. no question. Yeah. And and so, thankfully, we're getting some rains uh, in your part of the world over in East Texas. We really needed some water over there. Mm. Yeah, we got way too much and too fast last spring. But, well, when it turned off, it turned off. Oh, there's no yeah. doubt. I mean, yeah. there's been cracks around the foundation of my house. I'm having to put a soaker hose out there. Sure. You know? And so, but I think that if we get some of these rains right now, it, it it's going to help. It certainly will help. Um, you know, we're already starting to see some birds showing up in the state. Yeah. Uh, and so that, Texas is certainly going to be in a lot better position than we have been <clears throat> the last few years. So mm -hmm. we do look forward to hopefully having a really good duck season this year. Yeah, I was driving by the uh, the golf course pond over here by the house in McKinney, and I noticed, uh, you know, it's kind of what I use as a barometer. Just if there's mm -hmm. birds on there, then there's birds in, you know, north or northeast Texas. And sure. uh, there was about 200 of them on there, so I got I got a little excited, you know. <laughs> we need to get some weather, though. I mean, yeah, oh, for sure. I tell you, I was, the, the service regulation committee meeting was up in Minnesota. Uh, that was this week. Yeah, it's 75 degrees in Minnesota. Yeah. Late October. Uh, wait a second, guys. Something, something's not quite right here. <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, we we are looking forward to a pretty good season, we hope. Mm -hmm. Well, and I was going to ask you, you know, without these rains that we've had here um, recently, I was looking to, you know, or, or beginning to think that most of the ducks would be here, but they'd all be concentrated on big water uh, because, like, take my deer lease example, we've got some ponds out there that hold ducks. They're almost they're almost dry. Yeah. I think it's pretty much a lot of places. And, and it's kind of it's hard to describe. In really dry years, some people have phenomenal seasons, particularly if they're managing for waterfowl, because they're putting water there. Mm -hmm. And guess what? That may be the only water around. In years where you get a lot of water, some people are going to complain, where are all the ducks? Well, they're just scattered all over the place. And so a lot more people are getting advantage to, of the enhanced habitat conditions. Mm -hmm. So you're right that in dry years, you really do concentrate them into a few localized places, whether you're managing the forum or just got water anyway. 
And so as we get more rainfall, people will say, where'd the birds go? Well, every time you put more water out on the landscape, that's creating more foraging habitat. Right. And so those birds are always looking for new places to eat. Well, let me ask you this. And one of our listeners actually uh, proposed this question on, on Facebook, and they wanted me to ask you how you foresee the prediction of, of an El Nino winter, um, what kind of effect that would have on the upcoming season. Well, it, I'm not a weatherman, but I will tell you what I do understand, that we are, somebody called it the Godzilla of El Ninos, which means this, they're talking about tremendous rainfalls winter, this late winter, mm-hmm. later in the winter. And, and that's certainly going to help from the standpoint of providing optimal habitat conditions for wintering waterfowl. How does that play in for hunters? Again, it goes simply to the fact that you conceivably are scattering those birds all over the place, and there's no really great concentrations. Everybody should be getting some benefit from it, but those places that historically in drought years that are, are providing managed water, they had bang-up years. Mm-hmm. And so I think from in the long run, everybody should be able to benefit from this. Um, yeah, yeah, well, I'm certainly excited about it. Uh, let me ask you this: As you know, global warming continues to be a trend, and uh, and and this is just from my observations. You know, whether it's on the golf course or you know out uh, crappie fishing in the spring and summer, it seems like I see more birds staying in Texas year-round. Uh, from blueing teal, obviously, you know we have plenty of wood ducks, uh, resident mallards, so on and so forth. Do you believe there are more birds that are staying in Texas uh, on a regular basis? Honestly, Cable, I, <laughs> I got to be real careful how I answer this. <laughs> uh, yes and no. We've always had birds that stayed here. Uh-huh. I mean, we've always seen broods of blue wing on the coast, the panhandle when it's wet. You do see birds nesting up there. And, you know, certainly wood ducks have always been part of the, the Texas landscape. Are there more? I I don't know. I mean, there's really no way to, to measure that. You know, there's very few true mallards that nest in Texas. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of people that are putting mallards out there, but yeah, you know, those are those are basically not really what we're looking for. Right. Yes, there are mallards that we have seen broods of mallards in the Panhandle. That's not uncommon. But are there more? I I don't know if I could really answer that question. Okay. Particularly when I understand that you know we're at record highs again for the fourth straight year. In the, prairie po- in, in the breeding grounds of the northern U.S. and Canada. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, that's a question that can be debated long and hard. But from, from a scientific perspective, I'm not real sure there's any evidence, either pro or con. Right, right. Okay. Well, uh, let's talk about something else that affects the migration down here to Texas, and that is uh, how cold it gets, obviously, <laughs> because... If it doesn't get that cold, then all those mallards they hang up in Kansas and Nebraska, and and, and there's a lot been a lot written about, and there's you know it's a heated topic of folks who uh you know put out those big ice eaters and will stop you know two three four thousand mallards keep that hole open all winter uh, from you know keep it from freezing and and those birds never make it down here. That again, there has been changes to the landscape. I'm not going to talk about whether or not people are keeping water open or what have you, but there have been changes to the landscape that does provide 
more groceries up and down the flyway. Uh-huh. That's part of the reason why we saw such huge gains in, in, in snow geese, changes in agricultural practices where there's, there, there's food all up and down the flyway. And, and so I don't doubt that things are changing, but we also have to remember that uh, these birds have evolved through eons of going from breeding grounds to wintering grounds. Now then, if there is open water and if there's food available, they may hang up for a while, but there's always going to be something that's going to push them further south. But never forget that these birds do bounce. Mm-hmm. You get a bunch of birds moved in on a big cold front, and they'll hang around, and they will bounce back. There was some, some telemetry work done in Louisiana many, many years ago that were chasing pintails. Well, they'd catch them down in, along the coast, and they'd lose them, get in the plane, they go find them up in northern Louisiana, southern Arkansas, because they do bounce back and forth like that. Uh-huh. And so there's always going to be those bounces. But there's always going to be those birds that are going to end up down on the coast. Yeah. Well, and speaking of the coast, uh, and this was from a recent interview we did with uh, Ducks Unlimited uh, Southern Region uh, Director, I think his name is Kirby, uh, Kirby Brown. Right. And uh, he mentioned that due to the loss of... Uh, rice production and, and habitat down there. There were actually more birds in the north and central uh, area of Texas last year than there were down at the coast, which is far from, you know, what we've typically seen uh, historically. He may be, he, he's probably more referencing geese than mm-hmm. ducks, simply because, yes, that is true, that the loss of rice acreage, the loss of that, that, that the, the standing water down there has impacted birds. You've seen some of those birds shifting further to the east over to the other side of Houston where rice component is still part of the landscape. And and so there's no question that the loss of that water down there has redistributed birds. Uh And and certainly that could be north, that could be east, that could be west, that could be anywhere. And and, and so, yes, the loss of rice acreage has had an impact, but I think that, it yes, it impacts ducks, it's impacting geese, and we have seen that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there were still... Near record, there were still extremely high numbers along the coast in our midwinter survey, and, and so you know I don't really recall. And Gable, you catch me kind of flat-footed about those numbers, but I don't recall anything that really jumped out at me that said to him, "They're not here." Okay, okay. Um, but right Kirby on. is correct that the loss of that rice acreage has caused birds to move around. Yeah. Well, luckily the uh, the uh, Lower Colorado River Authority uh, is getting water for the first time this year in, I think, three or four years. Yes, sir. That is definitely going to help. Yeah. So that's going to be great for the for the uh, rice farmers as well as the waterfowl that depend on that habitat. Sure. Yes, sir. Um, what about model ducks? How are they looking right now? As uh, you know, that's some, something that we're all very concerned with, the species that is native to Texas, Louisiana, and this, this Gulf Coast uh, region, but one that doesn't migrate. Yes, sir. My luck's doing pretty good, honestly. Uh-huh. Uh, if you bear with me, I'm going to try to get you an exact number. Okay. <laughs> the My Luck Survey of 2015, we did see a pretty good increase in the number of birds. Wow. And, and so uh, they are well above what they have been in recent years. And, and so, honestly, My Luck's actually looked pretty good this year. Awesome. Awesome. So that's uh that's hasn't been the norm here in the last few years. Well, it's been fairly stable. Uh-huh. From you know we started this model survey, this spring survey, where we actually do uh, 
transects, and then we come back in with helicopters to fly subparts of those to, to get a correction factor. And we started this back in 2008. And, you know, it's been fairly static, but you can see a slight increase through time. Sure. Uh, from 2008, we had about, I'm just guessing here, 20, 25,000. And this year we had about 65, 70,000 in the Texas, uh, in Texas. Awesome. Awesome. So they're, they're doing quite well. Well, let's end on, uh, on a high there. And we're glad that the model ducks, uh, seem to uh, thrive right now. Yes, and, sir. uh, Dave, as always, man, we appreciate it. It's great to touch base with you every fall and, and, you know, kind of get, uh, a pulse on, uh, what's going on on a federal level as well as here, uh, in Texas. So thank you so much. Appreciate it, Cable. Thank you, sir. All right. There he goes. Great stuff, as always, from our Texas Parks and Wildlife small game and migratory and resident game bird program leader, Dave Morrison. Uh, that segment, by the way, proudly brought to you by Foreverlast. Uh, check out their new tailgater. It is the perfect compact grill. You can throw it in the back of the truck, take it to a college football game if you're tailgating, or... Take it to the deer lease. Either way, you can't go wrong with the tailgater. You can find it at foreverlast.com. Foreverlast, where we live, hunting and fishing. Uh, all right, the other thing we were going to knock out here real quick is a giveaway for our Dallas Ducks Unlimited Banquet, which is coming up Thursday, November 12th at the Centennial Building at Fair Park in Dallas. I've got a pair of tickets to my Lone Star Outdoors Show table. Uh, these things are going for $125 apiece or actually 150 at the door the day of the event. And I'll give away a pair of them right now to the third person to text in the word Mallard. That's Mallard to 214-289-7807. Text in the word Mallard to 214-289-7807, and you could win a pair of tickets to the annual Dallas Ducks Unlimited Banquet coming up on Thursday, November 12th. All right. Unfortunately, uh, that is going to do it for today's broadcast. Hope y'all enjoyed the show. Was, man, we were all over the map talking jug lines, duck hunting, German wire hair pointers with uh, Evan Felker of the Turnpike Troubadours. Thanks to Evan as well as our other guest today, Josh Chauvet of Louisiana Sportsman, as well as, of course, Dave Morrison of Texas Parks and Wildlife. We'll do it again, same time, same place. Next week, it's our 300th anniversary edition We've got a couple very special old friends lined up for you. Zane Williams will be here in studio, uh, one of our favorite singer-songwriters and uh, good friends, longtime hunting and fishing buddy. And then uh, Stephen Ranella, who is also, gosh, he's been joining us now for about five or six years. Uh, so uh, we'll have Zane and Stephen on as part of that uh, 300th edition celebration. I hope that all of y'all tune in next week. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, as part of the celebration, we'll do a giveaway every segment next week. So you won't want to miss that. Uh, thanks to all of our sponsors for making this show possible. Thanks to you, the listener, for being a part of Dallas Safari Club's Lone Star Outdoor Show. Until next time, I'm Cable Smith saying, you all have a great week in the outdoors. Whoa, let's get started. Who knows when we'll be parted? No time to be downhearted on this night. Let's play some good old music, my heart sure could use it Live it up a little while we can Playing in a back porch bluegrass band